Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel. And Sutherland. Yes, yes, you are. All right. <laughs> this is our Black Klansman episode. We will be talking about that film. Uh, my flick of the week is going to be the Hulu original series, Castle Rock. I'm going to be talking about the stuff. The stuff. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, okay. All right. So uh, that, uh, maybe some movie news. Eh, a little bit of movie news. Nothing too big. And then a couple trailers and uh, the top five of the week. All that and more. Take it away. Bill. <laughs> That's funny because there is a Bill in, in. That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, first off, of course, is uh, my flick of the week, which is uh, the Hulu series Castle Rock, which is currently getting a, um, uh, it's flu- fluctuating between a 79 and 80%, 86% uh, Rotten Tomatoes uh, approval rating. Why do we continually... It's a weird question, and I ask it every week. I know. Why do we continually bring up the Rotten Tomatoes thing? Yeah, because it kind of shows us in a high regard. Because usually, generally, if the if a, if a show or a movie has a low Rotten Tomatoes, usually it means it, it's not very good. Why does Rotten Tomatoes? Why is Rotten Tomatoes the one that we all hold the standards to? Yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> All right. Well, that's all I got. Okay. Well, so let, let's just say four out of five critics uh, agree that Castle Rock is worth seeing. <laughs> all right. So let's see. All right. So the Stephen King multiverse is the setting for this psychological horror series that takes place in Castle Rock, Maine, which is a location familiar to fans of King's work. Castle Rock explores themes and worlds that unite King's canon, including the infamous Shawshank Prison. All right. That's all I'm going to give you. On that one. So, um, starring uh, Andre Holland, who plays a character named Henry Deaver, he is, um, he, Andre Holler is, uh, he was in that movie uh, Moonlight. Andre Flash. Holland. Holland, yeah. Holla. <laughs> All right. Yeah, he's from uh, that movie Moonlight from last year or a couple years ago. And um, I think I saw him in something else. I can't remember what it was. But yeah, the main character. And this this show jumps back and forth all over the place. It is it is it goes to the past. It goes to, you know, hell, it even goes to a few months prior to the current time that it's set in, in the you know the fictional town of Castle Rock, Maine. And uh, this is like a a smorgy <laughs> for Stephen King's fans. It's just full. It's just chock full of King references. A, a bunch that I'm, I'm not even aware of until I read like Easter eggs and shit like that. Um, there's characters that are related to characters from his novels that are in there. Like, for example, uh, Jane Levy's character, um, who you remember her from Don't Breathe. Um, she plays a character named uh, Jackie uh, Torrance. And she uh, offhand mentions that her uncle tried to murder, you know, his family in a, in a hotel a few years back, right? Um, and things like that. And there's um, there's also characters that were in some other uh, of the novels, like um, Scott Glenn's character plays uh, Alan Pangborn, who was sure. in yeah, you know, who was in the Dark Half and was also in um, uh, Needful Things, played by Ed Harris's character. So in Dark Half, he was played by Timothy Hutton. Yeah, there we go. So um, so yeah, there this. So when I'm watching it, I'm trying to notice like Stephen King things that I know. You know, of course, Shawshank Prison, of course, right. Um, but there's just, there's other little things, um, you know, like if you always look for the number two, three, seven or, you know, things like that or names, you know, like there'll be names of, um, 
There'll be something. Like, you'll see a news clipping, and it'll be about a dog that, you know, that went ravenous or something, you know, or rabid, <laughs> ravenous, um, and things like that. So, yeah. Um, so that's all this stuff's cool. But this, this whole thing is a, a mystery, like a where is it leading to kind of thing. And so Andre Holland's character was a little boy that grew up in um, Castle Rock, and he moved away when he became an adult because he was accused of killing his father. And so it's all going around that because everyone in the town believed it. And, you know, in a small town, you know, once everyone believes everything, that's just fact, right? No matter if it's true or not. So he left and he ends up coming back um, to, to see his mom for certain reasons. And his mom's played by Sissy Spacek, of course, from Carrie. And, um, <coughs> and you know, she's got some mental issues and things. And, and there's other characters in the, in the show as well. Played, one is played by uh, Melanie Linsky from uh, Two and a Half Men. She plays a character named Molly Strand, and she has a form of The Shining in a way. You know, she can't fully read people's thoughts, but she can, like, feel what they're feeling in a way. She's kind of like Mantis from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy in a way. Okay. But she can kind of get their thoughts, too. It, it's kind of weird. Um, so, um, and then, yeah, the, and then the Terry O'Quinn, who, everyone, you know, everyone from the 80s knows Terry O'Quinn is the stepfather, right? Um, but also known as John Locke from Lost. Um, his character dies in the first episode right at the beginning. So it's, I'm not spoiling anything. And the way the guy kills himself is fucking heinous. He ties a rope around his neck and then gets into his Cadillac and drives off a cliff. And so he decapitates himself with a rope. Yeah. So, um, and then it, wait, it, wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. Yeah. So they're saying that Alan Pangborn was played by Michael Rooker in The Dark Half and Ed Harris in Needful Things. But wasn't he played by... I think in The Dark Half, that was the, the, the writer... The writer was played by Timothy Hutton. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Yeah, he was the one that going was crazy. my fault. Okay. Yeah. You're right because he was played by Michael Rooker. Yeah. So I only saw the Dark Half once, and I never read the book, so I don't know. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen the Dark Half since it was new. <laughs> That's a long time ago. Um, that was a quarter of a century ago, I think. Um, but yeah. Anyway, um, so there's uh, yeah, on the Terry O'Quinn's character, he's a warden of Shawshank Prison. Of course, everyone knows Shawshank. Um, but there's, and and there's, um, you find out, and this all happens at the beginning of the series, so I'm not giving anything away. Um, you find out after Terry O'Quinn's character commits suicide, which they don't have not explained yet, because I'm, I'm five episodes into this thing. And um, he's been hiding a young man in this abandoned part of the prison for I don't know how long, like over 30 years or something. And the, the the you know he they, he doesn't have a name yet. His name is the kid, pretty much. He's played by Bill Skarsgård, who of course is is the new Pennywise from the It movie. Um, <coughs> and there's these weird things about him that I don't want to get too much into. Um, you know, for the sake of you know you know you discovering it when you watch the show. But there's weird things going on in Castle Rock, <laughs> and. And the town, a lot of the people in the town act kind of off. Kind of like when you're watching the movie It, how there's always something wrong with the people in the town, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, and yeah, the, the show is, if you want to think like it's not just trying to mooch off of Stephen King because he's the hot thing right now, um, take this into account. This show is executive produced by J.J. Abrams and Stephen King. So they, they both put their personal stamp on this thing. Then they, you know, they want to make sure that it's done well. And it's already been uh, approved for a second season. And um, the sixth episode just came out, uh, I think, yesterday. I'll watch that when I get home from here. Um, it is a good show. It's, it's, it's mysterious. You're wondering, wh- you know, where is it going with all this stuff? And what are the connections and all these little things? Like, like 
I love the the Green Mile connection where there's this part where this little mouse is running through the prison and stuff like that. And you know, because some things that they don't just like flat out tell you. You know what I mean? You know, you most of the stuff is you got to notice it as a Stephen King fan to to get what you know what they're showing. And so, um, and yeah, there's a lot of things that I have. I I'm pretty sure I missed that that I've already seen so far. So yeah, I'm, I'm kind of going through some of the Easter eggs. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's a it, it is an interesting show and it's worth seeing. Um, it's dark. It's kind of gloomy. Um, I don't know who to root for yet, really, <laughs> on the show, because the you know the characters all seem to have some kind of um, flaws. Every character has major flaws, major baggage in one way or another. So it's hard to tell who's redeemable at the moment yet. You know, who's holding back? Who's a really good person? So, but anyway, um, regardless, you like Stephen King. You should definitely like uh, Castle Rock. So check it out. It's on Hulu. Cool. That's cool. Vince Desjardins is back. He was one of the bullies in the body in Stand By Me. Okay. That's right. That's right. I read that. That's right. Um, they talk about uh, Frank Dodd from The Dead Zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a priest in this that's also connected. To- yeah, there's uh, Frank. It wasn't just Frank who died in in his... In, Molly's giving a shout out to Frank Dodd from the Dead Zone. Quote: A serial stranger died in my house, and I and I sleep like a baby. Um, Frank's mother died there too. Uh, she was shot by George Bannerman, who was the previous sheriff before Pangborn. I'm not giving anything away on any of this. Yeah, just, just connection. After she wounded the psychic Johnny Smith, who had seen that Dodd was a killer, and gone to the house to apprehend him. Yeah, the, and the show doesn't do any like Stephen King things that. Like, um, it's exploiting them in a way, you know, like we're, oh yeah, we're going to have a whole thing that's just pretty much copying one of his books. It's just these, just these little cool, you know, Easter eggs and Easter eggs and connections that, that, you know, and I think that pay, plays off better. It's also the, I like the fact that, look, okay, <coughs> Jackie Torrance, uh, who's supposed to be related. Well, you already said she's related to yeah. Jack Torrance in The Shining, but her real name is Diane. Yeah. She changed it. Jack and Diane. Yeah. <laughs> which is the song from uh Mellencamp? Mellencamp, yeah. Um yeah, and she did that on purpose cuz it pissed her family off. Like cuz they don't want to be associated with Jack Torrance cuz of the name. And so she purposely changed her name to Jackie to piss them off. As a, a uh, Juniper Hill. Uh Juniper Hill um has hosted a number of patients including Henry Bowers, um oh. Raymond Space Cowboy Gilbert mm-hmm. and Charlie Pickering all from Stephen King books. Yeah, there was an inmate in the prison in Shawshank um, in, the, in the show where you, you get to see his tattoos on his arm for a second, and one of his tattoos says Bowers on it. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. It, this, this sounds interesting. Um, I didn't know this was out yet. Um, I've been kind of waiting for um, the, the disenchant, Disenchanted. Yeah, the new uh, greening. Yeah. Um, I can't even tell you how long I, I called him groaning. <laughs> I think I called him Matt groaning for like the first 15 years of, of The Simpsons. Yeah, I, I did the same thing. Um, it wasn't until I heard more than one person say greening on TV that I was like, okay, it's greening. Like Ars Technica likes it, but TV Guide doesn't. So. I heard it's like it looks good, but it's not that funny yet. There's only been two episodes. It doesn't come out till the 17th. Yeah. Episode one and episode two. Look, I'm, I'm not a big fan of Noel Fielding. I don't like him, and I'm not a big fan of Eric Andre. But we'll 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 see how it goes. I'm I'm gonna watch the couple of episodes and 
go from there. My pick of the week, or my movie, or whatever. Uh, it's called The Stuff. The Joe stuff. has never seen this. Now, The Stuff I've is basically that fucking The poster. Blob. I've seen that poster a million times. It has stars uh, Michael Moriarty, Garrett Morris, Andrea Markovici, and Paul Servino. Paul Servino. It was also the last film of Alexander Scarby. Um, basically, the plot is several railroad workers discover a yogurt-like white <laughs> substance bubbling out of the ground. These workers find it to be sweet and addictive. Later, <laughs> the substance, marketed as the stuff, is being sold to the general public. Think um, uh, marshmallow fluff huh. um, in containers like ice cream. It is, marketing, it is marketed as having no calories, uh, being sweet, creamy, and filling. I said creamy, I know. It's creamy. Uh, the stuff quickly becomes a nationwide craze and drastically hurts the sales of ice cream. Um, former FBI agent turned industrial saboteur David Moe Rutherford is hired by the leaders of the suffering ice cream industry as well as junk food mogul Charles W. Chocolate Chip Charlie Hobbs to find out exactly what the stuff is and destroy it. So under their commissions, Rutherford conducts an investigation into the stuff. His efforts reveal to his initial horror that the craze for the dessert is far deadlier than anyone had believed. It's actually a living parasite and possibly sentient organism that gradually takes over the brain and mutates those who eat it into bizarre zombie-like creatures before consuming them from the inside, leaving them literal empty shelves of their former selves. Um, I love this movie. This movie was so fucking awful. Is it better than Chud? Oh, yeah, Chud. I love Chud, too, but... Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Yeah, um... That movie used to scare the shit out of me when I was a kid. Now I've watched it. I've watched it a few times since then, and it's fucking. I'm like, what the hell was the? Uh, why was I scared of this movie? <laughs> <laughs> there's there's some really good fucking here. I'm gonna show you the trailer. Can we can we actually listen to it? I don't want to listen to it. Okay. No. I actually, you know what? Fuck them. Hmm. Must be a side effect of eating too much dessert. That's when everybody starts to attack it. Then you're you're atypical running, running towards the camera when there's light and fog from the eighties. Yeah, it just leaves them husks. It's pretty fucking cool. Some of the. Uh, some of the effects on this movie are pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> it's just yogurt and ice cream or whatever the shit is. I love that guy's voice. <coughs> I miss that guy's voice. But we have a problem, and it's not... Now it works. Great. First scene of the movie, so it's snowing. It's been a while since I've seen this movie, but I and, and to be truthful, I didn't have anything to go before we started the show. But I was like, you know, if I'm gonna fucking see, so it looks like snow. <laughs> why? Why? Why would you eat something off the ground that's just bubbling? I don't fucking know, dude. 
Yeah, big girl. <laughs> She's ugly. Damn, Michael Moriarty looks way different. No one is as dumb as I be. <laughs> now, as I understand it, there was a certified check waiting for me with my name on it. I think the gentleman there. Oh, this fellow here. Oh, yes, look at that. Okay, yeah. Uh, that's, that's good enough for starters. <laughs> that's good enough for starters. Asshole. This shows the check. When you talk to the FBI, would you tell them this for me? Oh, I didn't know Danny Aiello was in this fucking no, movie. Where the fuck was he in the list? In fact, I have a treat for both of us. I have a treat for both of us. There's people fucking eating the shit out of that garbage. Hey, give me that. Well, that's, um. Who is that fucking kid? <laughs> <laughs> Just threw him into the. That's right. Danny Aiello. <laughs> it's the stuff. <laughs> My dog's trying to fuck me. <laughs> and the dog just. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. There you go. <laughs> God, the ultimate snowballing scene. It's off. Yeah, I can tell. Go away. <laughs> I ain't got time for your shit. What do you mean, us, man? We're talking to you. Ain't nobody else in this place, is there? Because uh, all we see is you and the gas station man, and now he's gone. Gary Morris' character seems to be the inspiration for Eddie Griffin. So that guy's wearing a Stroh's shirt. Uh-huh. And my brother always thought that Stroh's was Latrose. Okay. Because of the way the ass looks. Oh, okay, yeah. I just threw up in your car. I know. I'm sorry. I mean, I just ate shaving cream. Just ate shaving cream. That looks like um, Adam Arkin. <laughs> oh my god What is up with the fucking shorts And now we all did this in the 80s Shorts Sweats Shorts over sweats yeah And then and the, But that guy had on um, um, Leg warmers Yeah the ankle thing Yeah What's the point of those I know they're called leg warmers But what do they I mean they Just to Keep your legs warm That's all they were Dude, I don't need. There's Danny. Okay. Eric Bogosian. Mira Sorvino. Patrick Dempsey. Nip Russell Knight. Abe Vigoda. Where do you see this? Brooke Adams. Go to Brooke Adams. Oh, yeah. yeah. List, yeah. Clara Peller. Where's Patrick Dempsey? Right there below Bogosian. Huh. Yeah. The pizza boy. <laughs> Love a boy. Dude, Paul Servino always looks old in everything he's in. Yeah. 
<laughs> he basically just slapped him on the back of the head and knocked him out. I don't know why we're watching this, but this is much better. It's much better just to watch some of the highlights. I just want to see some of the death scenes. Like, that's fucking cool. Oh, full movie. Um, if you haven't seen the stuff, the truth of the matter is, is that this fucking movie is fun only because it's just a it's it's a bad rip off of the blob. That's really what it is. An invasion of the body snatchers in a way? No. Said it's parasites. Yeah, but so is the blob. No, this isn't <coughs> because <coughs> invasion of the body snatchers, they just turn into other people. They take over their bodies, yeah, right? Almost like clones, like a plant clone. Yeah, in in the stuff, the um it just leaves you a fucking ugly husk. Yeah. It, it, it literally eats you from the inside out. So that's that's what this movie has going for it, is that um, it, it's just basically, like I said, <laughs> a, a cheap ripoff of The Blob. And what's what I like about this movie is that this is one of those movies that you can actually just sit and watch and enjoy without getting into anything, you know, it, it's silly. It's like Basket Case. Yeah. It, it, they took the idea, um, is consumerism and corporate greed found in our country and the damaging products that were being sold? Um, it should be we are, we are being sold. I was constantly reading the newspapers of various goods and materials being recalled because they were harming people. You had fools, foods being pulled off uh, the market because they were hazardous to people's health. That's written by uh, the guy that wrote the movie, which is, um, who is it? Uh, Larry Cohen. So... Um, I never saw this in theaters. I, I've always watched it, uh, and, and it doesn't. It's not even on. You can't find it. I, I say that now, but it'll be on Chiller like next week, yeah, or in October. But <clears throat> the um, yeah, so I guess it's kind of similar to Body Snatchers, but it's more more blob, you know, uh, than anything else. Um, Cohen also wasn't. Uh, there was a couple of problems with the filming and stuff like that. I just, I was just reading. Where the hell is it? Uh, here we go, production. Um, what's amazing is that Larry Cohen is is pretty much a visionary when it comes to the sheer amount of junk food that we consume. Um, and we continue to eat these foods despite the fact that some of them are killing us. That's when I started thinking that the stuff could be a, an imaginary product, in this case an ice cream dessert. So um, a lot of a lot of the special effects were mats and stop-motion animation to create the monster. Um Larry Cohen also had worked on a movie called Q. Some of the substance props or stand-ins for the real stuff uh, used in the film included lots of Haagen-Dazs ice cream, yogurt, and from one scene involving an enormous avalanche-like effect of stuff crashing through the wall, fire extinguisher foam. Other shots um, required superimposed images and animation. Um, Cohen wanted to use Arsenio Hall as Chocolate Chip Charlie since he thought he was not only a good actor but a rising star in the executive's at New World Pictures wanted someone more recognizable and cast Garrett Morris instead. <laughs> Which is fine. That's Garrett Morris <laughs> couldn't even make Ant Man popular. Yeah, well, it's Garrett Morris and he <laughs> was popular in the eighties, so there you go. Um which, I mean, he's still doing stuff. He's he, he's working on... Um, he did a cameo in Ant-Man. <laughs> he's work, he was working on two two girls, two and a half, whatever the fuck. Oh, t- yeah, two bitches in a pizza place or something. I don't yeah, remember. Yeah, two bitches in a pizza place. <laughs> two bitches in a slice of pizza. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Two broke girls. Yeah, that's it. Two broke girls. Yeah. Two broke bitches. Yeah, I think that lasted for four or five seasons. Uh, six. 138 episodes. Yeah. Which is surprising considering it's a shitty fucking movie. Or TV show. Yeah, I knew, I, don't, I never <laughs> really got I quit watching um, network TV for the most part when that came out, so. Yeah, I didn't even finish watching Mike and Molly. So, so, um, when basically anything, anything that Garrett Morris is in, movie wise, with few exceptions, like in the eighties, watch him because he's the best part of those movies, and that's all I got. Go see this movie. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. So our our main flick of the week, of course, is going to is uh, Black Klansman. So, uh, from director uh, Spike Lee comes the incredible true story of an American hero. It's the early 1970s, and Ron Stallworth is the first African-American detective to serve in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Determined to make a name for himself, Stallworth bravely sets out on a dangerous mission to infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan. I always say Ku. Everyone says Ku. Yeah, I say it too. Ku Klux Klan. They did it on purpose to fuck with your tongue, I guess. So, um... So the the young detective soon recruits a more seasoned colleague, Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, into the underground uh, into the undercover investigation of a lifetime. So um, I I'm surprised that we saw this movie because you know of the way you felt about Spike Lee and and I, I share a lot of this you know the same uh, attitude towards the man as well um, as a filmmaker, um, <laughs> but I was more open to seeing it. Um, because it looked like a good movie and, and, you know, I do want to see other perspectives on things, you know? So, um, you know, I was like, whatever I, but I, I totally got it. If you didn't want to see the movie, fuck it. We don't go see it. Right. You know, cause the way you feel about it, but, uh, I'm glad that we did this is cause this is a good movie. I mean, our choices were the Meg <laughs> yeah, or this and look, yeah, I'm not a fan of Spike Lee. Um, I've seen I've seen his movies. I I could care less about a lot of his movies. Spike Lee is one of those people that I just philosophically do not get along with. Mm. Um, and I don't think he's a bad person. I just I don't you know his. <sighs> well, just mention the Tarantino thing with Django. Yeah, I mean, it really comes down to that. It's okay for him to put the N-word in a lot of his movies and have the white actors say N- the N-word, right? Yeah. But it's not okay for other writers or directors who are non-black use it in period pieces because now they're racist. Yeah. I'm sorry, you, you can't have it both ways. You cannot have it both ways. And that's the way that Spike Lee thinks. And, and fine, you know, like I said, philosophically, I'm... I, just can't stand the man but again he's a good filmmaker yeah you know yeah there's some of his <laughs> movies i'm not a fan of myself you know i think some of them were just uh not even worth mentioning but there's some that are really good i mean the malcolm x movie was excellent uh do the right thing is a good movie except i, I don't agree with all of the content of it but um the, my 25th hour that's probably the favorite my favorite spike lee movie that i can think of that's an excellent movie right um but yeah, when when it comes to this one, um, it just I like the fact that he isn't afraid to 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 talk about things that is uncomfortable for people to acknowledge. You know, right? It's one thing that 
It's one thing when, you know, oh, yeah, we, we know that, you know, white people used to throw, you know, the word nigger around all the time, you know, especially back then, right? Uh, especially in the 70s when this film is set. Uh, but it's, it's more than that. He doesn't just rely on that shit. He relies on the deeper shit, you know, like deep-seated racism and things like that. That's why, like, I really appreciated that part where Harry Belafonte's character was in there and he was talking to all those young young black people about... Which never happened. Yeah, I know. It didn't... Um, that character, but the event, actually, the, that event really did happen. So the pictures that they showed were really from that guy being burned to death. Right. And tortured and all that shit. So, um, and yeah, I, I looked it up, too. That's why I sent you the link, is because, um, uh, yeah, the, uh, this is based off the 2014 memoir. From uh, from Ron Stallworth, who's played by the main you know actor uh, John uh, David Washington from Ballers, and um, yeah, there's there's things that they changed, you know, like I mean, I, I like you know when the bomb goes off at the end of the movie, uh-huh. I, I had a feeling that that was going to be like Lone Survivor, how Lone Survivor added that shit at the end, you know, the explosion and the all attack on the village shit, you know, I, I just knew that it was like, yeah, did this really happen? And it didn't, but you know, I, I think uh, it seemed like um, there was a parallel for the most part. And, you know, there was dramatic things added into the movie that weren't in the book, and that's fine, whatever. You know, as though, like I've learned uh, over all these years doing reviews and shit, is that I don't take based on true events or based on real stories as the fact, as 100% fact. You know, I I take it as Hollywood's version of it. So... Um, I, so I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it, whatever, you know, as long as they don't <laughs> horrifically change shit, you know? No, you know what? I mean, the, the, um, this movie seems to be less of things that happen. Like, um, I'm sorry. <coughs> there seems to be less things that didn't happen in this movie and more things that did happen. Yeah. And that's, and I attribute that to again Spike Lee and whoever wrote the movie. Um, hold on a second, I gotta bring it up because I don't think Spike Lee wrote the movie. Well, yeah, I I think he helped. Yeah, he helped with it. He helped with the writing. Kevin Wilmot, um, David Rabinowitz, Charlie Wachtel, white guys. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> but you know the but what's good is that he took this idea and added very few, like the, the girl that Ron Stallworth... With the Black Panther party, yeah. She she was never named in the book. No, she was just a love <laughs> And he was at the, at the meeting with um, uh, Kwame. Yeah. Please. But she wasn't the student body president. Yeah. He was just dating somebody. And then um, they never named the... Uh, the uh, the the Adam Driver character Flip, yeah. he was never named in the book, so that's that's a made up name. But here's the difference between that and in the movie, which is instead of having just Adam Driver, there were two white guys. Yeah. So there were two officers that were involved with this whole recruitment of the Black Klansman thing, and then there's a couple of other differences, minor minor differences. Yeah. But that see, I like that. You, I understand why he did that. For more dramatic effect. I mean, the, the movie plays out better, I think, that way. Well, like, um, there, was never, there was never a polygraph test yeah. in, in, in the book. But, but it was fun the for the movie. The movie was entertaining. Yeah. You know. um, it, it doesn't ruin the movie. No. That, and that's what's good about it. He, Spike Lee has, is a master of being able to add things in that are not just subtle, but have meaning. Yeah. And they... They um, 
he's able to pull it off without affecting like if he's right if he's doing a true story or based on a true story yeah movie he can tell the story and then add in and spice it up a little bit yeah but it doesn't affect like if you read the book you're like oh okay i understand why they did this because it's kind of a dry read yeah so spicing it up for the movie audience and stuff like that i mean in the end it's it's <laughs> It's effective. It's like what Peter Jackson did to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> no, no, not Lord of the Rings. Close. Like, like the Battle for Helm's Deep is like, oh, like a chapter in in the book. Okay, and instead they turned it into the whole second half of the second movie. You know, he knew what he took away. You know, a lot of the boring shit, and he added the the, the you know the adventure shit more to it. Right, but the the whole the whole book about Ron. With few exceptions, I mean, you can't turn a a book, an entire book, into just a two hour movie. It's just not possible. Yeah, fuck you, Miramax. Um, <laughs> the this the the whole thing, um, in and of itself, is just as I like to say, it's a um, it's an addendum. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something that you watch when you're reading the book or after you've read the book to kind of get an idea yeah. of perspective. You know, what is your um? What do you think uh, is the reasoning for why the police department um, had them just get rid of everything about the clan at the end? Because that really happened too. Yeah. Uh, do you think it was just like a, a black eye on the whole, like the, you know, the town or something, and they just want to get rid of it, or or what? Or do you think it was more something deeper than that? No, it's usually it's not usually more deeper than that. It's it, it could be that the higher ups from the police department were involved with the Klan as well. Oh. Um, that would be deeper. Well, it's not necessarily deeper. It's just that they don't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they they made their point, and now it's time to move on. Um, they say budgetary cuts and this and that. Um, Did you see a picture of David Duke from 1978? Yes. Fucking dude... The Topher Grace looked exactly like him. It was scary. That's some goddamn good casting. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why they they destroy all the files so that there's no evidence. First and foremost, yeah. So that they can't link it back to who it was. And secondly, because there is so many people involved, like two white guys and a black guy. The last thing that the police department really needed was for anybody in the clan to find out that a black guy was involved mm-hmm. and have their fucking place firebombed. Oh. That's that would be my guess as to why they discontinued it because in the book, at one point, Stallworth was took a picture. You know, when they took a picture, yeah, he he did do that. I mean, there's visual evidence. He lost the photo, but yeah, fucking. Um, David Duke didn't know who it was until 2006. Yeah. You know, and when they were corroborating, uh, you know, yeah, stuff. yeah, with him. Yeah. And so that entire scene, it, it happened. I mean, it didn't, ha- it probably didn't happen the way it, it showed in the movie. Yeah. But close enough. Let's just call it what it is. Um, I think that was like a cra- crowd payoff scene for the crowd kind of thing for the audience. You know, he getting that call, that little dig into David Duke at the end, you know. Well, yeah, but that never happened. I don't I care about the call. I'm talking about when he when he hugged the two guys and they were taking pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Um, Stallworth kept it a secret and told no one about his role in it. He transferred to the Utah Department of Public Safety, 
where he worked as an investigator for 20 years and retired in 2005. And in 2006, he gave an interview in which he related all the details of his infiltration and investigation of the KKK. He revealed that the investigation had revealed uh, several Klan members who were active members of the U.S. Armed Forces, including two at NORAD that controlled triggers for nuclear weapons. They were both reassigned. Stallworth was told that they went to somewhere in, like, the North Pole or Greenland. Um, the book in and of itself. I, I'd love to read a book. I think it's actually, it, it's a really interesting story. Um, the shocking part is not the story. The shocking part is the end where they were do- they uh, detailed out some of the stuff that happened in Charlottesville, um, which is hard to watch. Yeah. Um, but I applaud Spike Lee for putting it in his movie yeah. because <laughs> it's unconscionable what people will do um, when uh, they're threatened, I guess is the best part of it. Yeah, uh, the best way to say it. It's it. It's sickening that people will go to extremes to kill people. Um, then be- face change. Yeah. Then then yeah. Uh, absolutely. The fear of change is uh, <laughs> a yeah, powerful the, motivator. Yeah, and for people. And even then, I mean, like everybody's afraid of change. Yeah. It's just how you deal with it mm-hmm. when you come out the other side. Yeah. Can you can you accept the fact that this is now different? Yeah, you don't hop into a charger and then just or is it a charger or challenger? Challenger, yeah. You don't hop into one of those and just fucking plow into a crowd of people. So yeah, it's uh, I you know it was uh, it was ballsy for him to show that at the end of the movie because I think also it shows that you know the seventies was a long time ago, but was it really? Was it really a long time ago? Because shit like this is still happening in a way. Yeah, nothing's changed. Yeah. In know? terms of, of attitudes towards um, not just black people, but attitudes towards people of other color than white. Yeah. And um, like I said, I mean, uh, whether you like or dislike Spike Lee, um, the person, not the director, for his ideas and whatever else. Yeah. This has nothing to do with it. Spike Lee, the director, is amazing when it comes to being able... He, he, the dude is as good or better than Quentin Tarantino, in my opinion. And I know I fucked up his last name, but I, I think he's, he's as good or better than Tarantino. That's a bold statement. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to filmmaking, <clears throat> because it's like comparing George Lucas to Steven Spielberg, mm-hmm. okay? They both make big blockbuster movies. Yeah. They both have huge hits, you know, but their styles are completely different. Yeah, I think uh, when it comes to dealing with the, the black experience, Spike Lee, of course, uh, above uh, Tarantino. But Tarantino, as a as a guy who loves movies, I, I, you know, you see it in his movies. So it depends on the way you're looking at it. I, so um, if, as long as they stay in their areas, they're really good at what they do. Even if they go outside of there. I mean, Old Boy obviously didn't work for Spike Lee, but not every movie is going to work. Yeah, and I mean, if you go to, say, The 25th Hour, that barely had any black characters in that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't just, I don't agree with Rotten Tomatoes, but 9 out of 10 reviews, uh, well, 97%. So 190 reviews given an average of 8.2. Um, everybody's giving it basically an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I'm 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 between a seven and a half and an eight. Yeah, this is a, this is a strong eight. You know, um, and uh, uh, John David Washington, who I've only seen before on the show Ballers, on HBO. He, 
surprised, man. I was surprised at how good he is. He's he fucking he handled that lead role. Yeah. Very well. Um everybody was really good in this movie. Oh yeah, and I love the fact that Paul uh, Walter um Hauser is in this playing the character Ivanhoe when we just saw him in yeah. Itania. Yeah. Oh god damn. He's uh, he's like a guy that I, I I can't wait to see now from now on. You know, I want to see him and shit just Paul Walter Hauser and there's another guy that um which is um, like Jasper Pakonin, yeah. Um, who who plays Felix? Uh, he yeah. who I thought was fucking Bill Burr for a He's minute. He's a dead ringer for fucking uh, for Michael Bean, man. It's a dead ringer for fucking Bill Burr, and well for both of them. Especially when he had the the, the you know the mustache and the goatee, he looked like uh, he looked looked just like Johnny Ringo from from fucking Tombstone. Yeah. Um, All right, Lunger, let's do it. Nicholas Turturro. Adam, oh Adam, it's Adam Driver. <coughs> Adam Driver is going to be the next Gary Oldman. Hmm. He's that fucking good. He, you know what? I think if, if if he keeps doing roles where he's venturing out and doing shit, I, I could see that. I could see a possibility yeah. of, of it happening. Yeah, as but, long as he, you know, yeah. But this fucking Paul Walter Hauser guy, <laughs> god damn it! Like <laughs> he's been he, here. You know, he he was in Super Troopers too. Uh-huh. Uh, Lonnie Lelouch. He was. He's in Late Nights. He's in Beats. Uh, I Tanya locked away. I Steve, quad demoted Virginia. Um, oh, he played. Super, he was in Superstore. Unfortunately, one episode. The first episode, hmm. rebranding or one episode rebranding, whatever. Um, yeah, I gave up that show after we had that since I wasn't forced to watch it anymore. Fuck that show. That show <laughs> was awful. <laughs> Super. Boring. I saw them film. We were driving through Burbank, and uh, it was as you drive. By Warner Brothers Studios, as you're headed towards the 101, yeah. on the right hand side, there's a store, and that's where they filmed. Um, that's where they filmed um, Chuck. Okay, it's the same store. Yeah, the Buy More or whatever it is, and that's where they're filming Superstore. Mm-hmm. And so you could see all the trucks there. They were they were literally filming at that point in time, <laughs> probably inside. <coughs> this dude is going to be. Fucking phenomenal, this Paul Walter Hauser guy. Yeah. Um, as long as he stays away from being typecast. Now and, he was and, in this and movie also the as keto diet. Who cares about that? <laughs> he just look. He's he look. It works for him being a fat guy. Well, I mean, it probably doesn't. But um, as long as as long as he stays away from being typecast as the fat dumb guy. Yeah, you know, like from I Tanya. He was in another movie that we also just saw. Super Troopers too. Yeah, um, but he was, but he was in something else, wasn't Personally, he? I'd rather fuck a moose. Yeah, <laughs> and um, his his demeanor in those movies when he's not playing the the uh, Eck, Sean Eckhart types, yeah, is fucking great. He was great in this movie because yeah. he was still. I mean, because they needed a Sean Eckhart type. Yeah, um, you always got to have a dumb redneck every fucking time that you deal with racist like KKK guys. You always got to have the dumb one, right? No, you don't. No. I'm saying every time you see one of these kind of movies, there's always a dumb one. I didn't say you have to, but there always is one. You did say you have to. You always have well, to. It, it, it doesn't matter. I, I, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't agree with that type of casting, but it works in this case. Yeah. Um, what fucking creeped me the fuck out, though, was Alec Baldwin yeah. at the beginning of the movie. when he's, uh, he's, He plays Dr. Kennebrew Beauregard. And watching him record um, that that whole commentary, like thing, Howard Stark, 
Yeah, but no, th- this is like that fucking, like those propaganda films. Yeah. But what was so good about it is the lighting. Yeah. Because if you watch those old 50s fucking, or 60s or 70s, I don't know when it was, but he looked like he was from the 50s. Yeah. <laughs> and the way his hair was and his glasses and he had that, that square face. Any time you see one of those old 50s movies where they're just standing in front of, like, you know, hi, hi, Johnny, let me tell you about your penis, you know, yeah. those types of movies. Um, fucking Alec Baldwin killed it. Eric Barry. Eric Barry. <laughs> yes. I was doing that uh, all day last week, um, one of the days. God, that, we, were, we were talking about uh, Team America. Yeah. That scene, man. That, that scene with Alec Baldwin at the beginning, that made me want to hate him. That's how good his character was. Yeah, and I was wondering if he was going to show up again because, uh, like, again, the way that he had, I mean, the glasses, everything fit in that period of time. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so amazing how they are doing this. But the colors, the color and, and, the, and, and the direction and, and, and the background and everything that they used was so atypical of that time period. And they fucking nailed it. Mm. You know, that's, that's, what, th- that's what separates Spike Lee from everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in, in his use of... His his use of the palette, let's just call it that. Yeah. His ability to capture moments on film that are almost impossible to capture anymore. Yeah. You know, and and like I said, comparing him to Tarantino or comparing him, I'm not going to compare him to Kevin Smith or Robert Rodriguez because those two cats just are completely different. The reason why I compare him to Quentin Tarantino is Quentin Tarantino has this eye for. Um, again, it's 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 a color palette. If you watch if you watch Reservoir Dogs and you see the balloon, right, yeah. or you see them driving down the street in the car, and and there's that scene where the car is parked, and and you can see the the, the grass, you know, or in Pulp Fiction when Bruce Willis is going back to his apartment and he has to cut through the backyard and through the through the weeds and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's it's honest filmmaking. That's what it is. It's honest filmmaking. There is no, there is no um, uh, manicured lawns. No, you know you're in L.A. during that scene. Yeah, there, there, but it's not just that. Even with, with with Spike Lee, there isn't any manicured lawns. There is. It's like if you look at the, the the guys that are trying to recruit Adam Driver's character and they bring him into the house. They bring him into Felix's house, right? And you see his the way his house is set up. It looks lived in. Yeah, it's not perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's know? not new. And yeah, there's a hill that has fucking um, um, pine tr- uh, pines. You know the, the the pine cones. No needles. Needles. Thank you. Pine needles that are on the ground. Yeah. You know, from from the trees, and they they don't they don't try to they don't try to Hollywood it up. Yeah. And that's that's what again that's what makes him such a great film director is his fucking attention to detail, and I love that. Yeah. Even though I dislike some of his movies, and <laughs> but you don't regret seeing the movie. No, absolutely not. This is totally worth it. And after seeing this movie, I read a review about um, of uh, the Meg, and I just don't want to see that fucking movie. <laughs> Do you want to see Mile Twenty Two instead? No, I don't want to see that fucking movie either. Oh fuck, man! So. <laughs> 
We're gonna go see the Meg anyways. It doesn't really matter. Fuck it. It'll be our deep blue sea for the new uh, new millennium. No, you don't understand. This is not the deep, deep, This is not even anywhere close to being as good as the deep blue sea. Fine. It's a it's a big budget Sharknado. No, it's even worse than that. Go ahead. Uh, I, I it's a it's Independence Day too of the Ooh. shark movies. All right, Dude, so. there's a literally a quote in that movie that I cannot forget. And the quote goes, maybe if we shoot out the firewall, we can reboot the computer. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's the dialogue. All right, so uh, is it safe to assume that you predict that the Meg... <laughs> the Meg Shut up, Meg. ...is going to be a piece of shit? Yeah, the movie's going to fucking suck ass. All right. I don't okay. have to predict that. <laughs> okay, I have a feeling... Yeah, I, I when, when the commercial is using, like... Three movie blogs that you've never heard of, or two movie blogs and some guy on Twitter yeah. saying this movie is awesome. This movie's gonna suck. Yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> but Black Klansman, absolutely, go see it. Oh, we didn't do our thing. So the question for the day is this one. I can never find it. Ah, here we go. Is this movie memorable? Does it stand the test of time? Yes. Is it quotable? <laughs> no. Um, no. I can't. Uh... It's not. You can't remember. You have to watch it multiple times, but there's no standout memorable quotes like, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's, yeah. I, I, no, I don't think it's quotable. Yeah. Uh, pop culture status. Is this going to be a movie that everybody's going to remember, or is it just going to be another one of those it's it's a good movie, but time to move on. I think that, no, I think this is one of those ones that's going to be remembered for a long time. I disagree. I think that this movie is going to be one of those that makes a statement, and then everybody's going to forget in six months Okay. after the Oscars. Um, is it rewatchable? Is there multiple viewings? Yes. I agree. Quality. Best of the best. Emotional attachment. <clears throat> Does it pull you in? Do you care about the characters? Yes, I do. There you go. And the nostalgia effect, obviously. Um, is this a good movie? Should you see it in theaters? Yes. Yes. Uh, should you buy it on DVD or both? I don't think it's a movie I want to own. So I would say... For people that are fans of Spike Lee, yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> and I forgot to ask that about Castle Rock. Um, but to go down the list for uh, stuff, five things memorable, uh, only to me, apparently. Uh, does it stand the test of time? No. Is it quotable? No. <laughs> Pop culture status. Well, it exists. It's part of the 80s. Is it rewatchable? Yeah, actually it is. Um, but like once every couple months maybe or once every, every fucking October. <laughs> uh, does it have an emotional attachment or a nostalgia effect? No, it's like most of those bad 80 movies. It's like Killer Clowns. It's, it's like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, uh-huh. except the opposite, where you want to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. But do you really want to watch stuff? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm going to have to watch the movie again just to find out if if it's uh, right about there. Um, and should you buy it on DVD? Well, I, I always advocate buying shitty movies on DVD anyway, so it doesn't matter. Hmm, there we go. So, <laughs> Oh, uh, a shout-out to Michael Buscemi because it freaked me the fuck out when I saw it, and I was like, that's Steve Buscemi. Yeah. And I'm like, no, that's not Steve. Like, th- in the first scene that you see him, you're like, is that fucking Steve Buscemi? And why is his teeth fixed? <laughs> and you're like, no, that's not Steve Buscemi. Yeah, he's a, he's a Buscemite. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's uh yeah, I, I saw I definitely could see the uh the, the close uh relation. Yeah. So he was uh, he was fucking fantastic in this movie. They all were. Everybody was fucking great in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> How we know the Meg is dead. Really? Oh, I don't want to know. Don't spoil the movie for me, Mike. Don't spoil it. <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> don't spoil the Meg. Um, all right, so the the top five movies. It's made $157 million at the box office. Dude. Yeah, worldwide it's made a bunch of money. Um, so the Meg came in at number one for the weekend, made $45 million here. Yeah, why are we even going through this top five? Well, because, uh, you know. Because you have nothing better to do. No, you, you said that maybe we should start doing this again because it, like, shows on, like, uh, you know, aggregates or whatever the fuck it is, you know. Gives a shit. Anyways. Mission Impossible Fallout number two uh, with nineteen point three million. Um, it's made four hundred fifty six million worldwide so far. Uh, Christopher Robin at number three, making twelve point nine million. It's only made sixty seven million worldwide so far. Uh, Slender Man at number four with eleven point three million. And Black's Black's oh God, I can't even fucking talk. Black Klansman um, at number five with uh, ten point eight million. Great. So that should be reversed, shouldn't it? Black Black Klansman should be in number one, <laughs> and the Meg should be like at number like twenty. The Meg should have been off that fucking list, dude. What really makes me angry is that they need to make a movie about Don Diego de la Vega. <laughs> Here we go. God damn you! The fucking name. It's, I love that name, but the day the Don Diego de la Vega name is from fucking Zorro, and and it's it's uh, Doctor Diego or whatever his name is. Um, from sci-fi. Sci-fi. I love that guy's name. Dr. Diego. <sighs> Come on. I think it was because when it used to be sci-fi, different spelling. No, it was always that way. I mean, yeah, there was a different spelling, but it was <sighs> sci-fi. Was it Megalosaurus versus, I don't know, Giant Tarantula or something? It was fucking... Tarantula Dawn or whatever the fuck. Dr. Diego. Uh, sci Five movies. <sighs> uh, I don't care. Zorro. <laughs> okay. Don Diego de la Vega. Anyways, <clears throat> they need to make a, a fucking a character called Don Diego de la Vega, and they need to make him a bad scientist uh, from any of the sci-fi movies. I think it was Sharktopus or <laughs> Shar sci-fi movies. Ugh, spelled it wrong. Who cares? Deep Blue Sea 2. Atomica. Mongolian Deathworm. I gotta see that fucking movie. I think it was... Oh, it was... um, uh, What was that stupid fucking... Uh, croc... Mega Croc versus... Dino Croc or Mega Croc or... Uh, uh, Dino Croc versus Super Gator. Was it that one? 2010? It's possible. I don't think it was this one, but it's possible, yeah. David Carradine? No. Jerry the Pool Boy. (laughs) I know. I'm trying to find it. (laughs) Crocolisk versus Bloodfin Raptor. No. No. It was like Croc versus a giant snake or something. It was Uh, like Pythonicus or I don't fucking know. Mega Python versus Gatoroid. It had Debbie Gibson and Tiffany in it. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Diego. Dr. Diego Ortiz. But, again, 
A. Martinez, better known as A. Martinez. Uh, One Life to Live, The Bold and Beautiful, L.A. Law Profiler, Longmire. <laughs> All right. Dr. Diego Ortiz. Yeah, I remember when we first started doing this shit, man. You <laughs> fucking sent you loved. <laughs> this movie was so fucking awful that you have to watch it. It's got Debbie Gibson and Tiffany in it. Come on. Unless they're going down on each other, I don't care. Deborah Gibson. Yeah, of course. I always have to bring that into it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what I like. I like what I like. You like what you like. All right. So, um, all right. <laughs> News-wise, dude, it was just a couple things. Uh, the Oscars, they added a popular film category because the ratings are so low. They, they, they're going to add a popular film category. Uh, what, what bugs me is that <laughs> even though the Oscars aren't really relevant anymore, but still, why the fuck would you add popular film category instead of... Of I don't know, finally for once acknowledging stunt work or choreography because they do that in a different thing. In what way? They they do all that in a different what for visual effects? Yeah, they do all that in a different complete a completely different show which has nothing to do with the Oscars. Yeah, I, I think that's bullshit. It's more of an industry show and it's more pure stuff. Yeah, so I, I you know I, I just you know it's okay to do makeup. They can. You can have an Oscar for makeup, which I'm, I don't have a problem with it. I'm just saying, if you, if you can have an Oscar for makeup, why can't you have an Oscar for for stunt work? You know, whatever. I mean, they have it for cinematography. That's behind the you know. So, um, so yeah, that's that's just my little uh, my little problem with that is that they're trying to be trendy, trying to think of something cool to do. You know, popular film. That's not what an Oscar is supposed to be about. Oscar's not supposed to be about a movie that made a bunch of money and and. You know, everyone loved to go see it because they had a good time going. To see it. it was it's like, what is the best made movie of that year? What had the best of this? What had the best of that? You know, so this it just seems like a desperation pl- um, attempt to uh, get popular with uh, today's uh, audiences. And I, I just, I think it's it's too little, too late, or not even too I, little. I agree. I'm. You're absolutely right. So yeah, trendy bullshit. Um, a few trailers I saw. There's a new uh, Simon Pegg. Uh, Nick, Slaughterhouse Rules. Yeah, Slaughterhouse Rules. It looks interesting. It looks very interesting. Um, <laughs> comes out in the UK on uh, on Halloween. Um, there's no. Uh, I didn't see anything about when it, where it, you know if and when it's coming out over here. I'm still trying to figure out that fucking trailer, and I watched it, <laughs> and I'm just like, usually I just get it. Like, what the fuck is this movie about? I know it's kind of like Harry Potterish, but not Harry Potterish, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a fucking weird one. So, um, yeah, saw that one. Uh, another trailer looks interesting. A movie called Arizona with uh, Danny McBride, where it's set in 2009 after the housing crash. And he um, takes hostage uh, the lady that sold him um, for the mortgage company that sold him this house. Oh, wow. And it gets, it's like a dark comedy. Like, it looks funny, but it also looks like it gets really serious, you know. Um, and so it looks, yeah, that one looks really good. Another one that uh, stuck out to me a little bit was a movie called Widows. Uh, which stars Viola Davis, where it's about um, her and three other women, their husbands <laughs> get killed in a robbery because I guess the, they're all professional robbers. And uh, she, Viola Davis finds her husband, which was played by Liam Neeson, who, spoiler alert, he gets killed at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um, she finds his plans for another robbery. And so she gets the, the other wives together, the widows, and they decided to do the, his next robbery, okay. Kind of thing. It looks interesting. It, it, it looks like it's just a turn, you know, like a, a change, uh, you know, from what you've seen before. Right. So yeah, it just stuck out to me. Um, 
And then uh, just uh, just right before we started recording, uh, the news came out that uh, that Disney is not going after doing another interview with um, with James Gunn um, on Tuesday, which was yesterday, that they are not going to be bringing him back for Guardians of the Galaxy Part Three. So um, that means that pretty much uh, all the other companies that are wooing uh, John Jan, or John James Gunn at the moment, like uh, I heard that DC is a, a possibility. Um, <laughs> Do you really want to go to a sinking ship? <laughs> I know it's never going to sink, but you know what I mean. Uh, it just, I, I just wonder what's going to happen because of this. You know, I know it's easy to say, oh, well, Disney, they're huge and nothing's going to happen. You know, everyone will forget about it. They're but, filming the movie, so. Yeah. You know, I mean, what, what's going to happen with, uh, you know, with, with Batista? Is he going to like push as hard as he can to get out of that fucking room? He said that if Gunn doesn't come back, so. And, well, he said or if his script doesn't get used. So I don't know if his script is, is going to get used or not. So they haven't said that yet or not. They have said it. They're not going to use it. I didn't read anything about him, his script. All I read was they're not going to ask him to come back. So, um, you, know, I, I, you know, of course I still have a problem with this whole thing. But, I, I, you know, I never thought that Disney was going to cave anyway. Disney just does not seem like the company that wants... They seem like the company that once they've made up their mind to do something, they're going to stick with it no matter fucking what. And they did. So... Um, I just, you know, there was something I, that came out, um, recently that I, um, there was one website and I didn't, I clicked on it just to read it, but it said something about like, uh, one thing said that, uh, James Gunn was when he made a lot of those, uh, those jokes that he was tweeting those to a guy who just got convicted recently of pedophilia. And that, uh, another thing was that there was pictures of, uh, James Gunn at a pedophilia themed party, kind of like the Brian Singer thing. Have you seen them? I have not seen them. That's why I'm I'm just I'm bringing it out, it out. But you know, I was like, where the fuck are the pictures? Because they 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 weren't in that article. Infowars, of course. <laughs> okay, so we are looking at the pictures right now, and not one of the people that are in the pictures uh-huh. are underage. Yeah. So. I, <laughs> I don't. I mean, how how can you fucking how how can you fucking look at these pictures and say, oh, because because adults are dressed like I mean every every fucking adult tries this shit, anyways. Yeah. So, you know, here we are fucking judging people based on uh, a party theme. Yeah. And and there's plenty of people that have dressed like Hitler. At a fucking Halloween party, or pulled off blackface. Do you remember uh, when uh, one of the one of the uh, people in the uh, British uh, British family, you know, the, the fucking royalty, you know, where they one of them dressed up like a like a Hitler for for yeah, a Halloween party, Bart. you know, um, yeah, it, <laughs> fuck, dude, it, it just seems like oh, it's called to catch a predator theme party. Okay, so even better. It's not a pattern of behavior, and the person that fucking posted these po- pictures is nothing but a fucking, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, opportunist, mm. you know. Um, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's with these adults, and they are clearly adults. Yeah. And it's, it's, at, a, it's at a theme party for, to catch a predator. If you're, if you're so fucking into this shit that you are going to... Um, and by into the ship, what I mean is uh, judge people for the parties that they throw and for the for for the uh, the the stupid shit that they do. Yeah, 
there is there's no evidence that he is. Yeah. But we are all sitting here judging this man and we haven't looked at the skeletons that are in our closet. So maybe that should be done. Maybe maybe Disney needs to take a good long hard look at what they're doing and instead of and they've changed their policies by the way because they will now do investigations but that doesn't change the fact that they fired James Gunn. However, it's cost them a fuck ton of money. Uh over ten million dollars to fire him, by the way. So good. You know, hey, Disney wants it their way, they can have it their way. I don't agree with it and uh you know, whatever. Here's what it is. I mean <laughs> I just sit here and go, I'm not gonna support this or I'm going to it's this horseshit because I'm gonna go see the movies anyways. But I can sit there and say I'm not going to go see Michael Bay movies because I'm not going to go see Michael Bay movies, <laughs> and I don't see Adam Sandler movies anymore because I don't because <coughs> his movies suck. They do. They're fucking atrocious, and so are Michael Bay movies. And I'm not going to contribute to that. The problem with fucking Disney is they're kind of doing the right thing, but they're not doing the right thing. You know? Yeah. But so you can be we can be mad at Disney, but the tr- the fact of the matter is is that, th- and James Gunn has said this too. It's something that had to have. I mean, unfortunately, it's something that had to have been done. It's also unfortunate that they caved to this pressure from some cunt bag uh, that shouldn't even be taken seriously because he's a fucking rapist. Yeah. So. That's why they changed their policy, but they changed their policy too late. So whatever. Yep. It's like the whole uh, Chris Hardwick thing and this independent study. I don't buy the independent study whatsoever. Um, half the people that they uh, quote unquote interviewed didn't really interview. Um, he has there. There are m- multiple eyewitnesses about how he treats people, <laughs> and he treats people like shit. Um, if you're not in his class. Let's just call it that. Um, he is a celebrity uh, hunter and will do anything to become friends with celebrities. And, you know, it, it, ju- it just it goes to his character. It's the same with James Gunn. It goes to your character. Um, and all these people are just fucking, you know, apologists. We can be apologists all we want. And, and uh, the, the fact of the matter is that James Gunn did st- something stupid. He got fired for it. It's that simple. Yeah. But nobody goes after this fucking piece of shit rapist, <coughs> uh, Mike Cernovich. He's not fired. He didn't lose. He, he hasn't lost his website. No, in fact, he's more popular than ever. You know, he hasn't lost his ability to earn income and things like that. So, <coughs> um, there you go. Sick society we live in, huh? It's not a sick society. It's fucking. It's one sided. And and then they and and everybody blames everybody. Oh, well, the left is doing it to us, so we should be able to do it to them. And then the right's doing it to us, so we should be able to do it to them. So at some point, you know, shit has to be... Something's got to give? Yeah, shit shit has to be... um, The shit has to be stopped. And people are just going to stop dealing with this bullshit, especially like the James Gunn, quote-unquote, pedophilia-themed party surface. (laughs) <laughs> By the way, it was a theme for To Catch a Predator, and I know many, 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 many people that have thrown theme parties like that. So mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. Oh, and uh, for any one of you that are really worried about it, here's the other thing. Why don't you just bring up 
the Halloween store and what their most popular costumes are. <laughs> Schoolgirl? Whatever they are. Yeah. Ah, there we go. It's listening. Let's see what the most... Oh, look at that. Let's see. Orient men's beer girl costume. <laughs> oh, what's this? Girls Monster High Caddy Noir costume. Mm-hmm. I like the monkey one. That's kind of cool. Uh, Wonder Woman... Uh, I don't know what that is. A redneck running on Trump. <laughs> yeah, squirrel. Uh, Supergirl. Harley Quinn, of course. Oh, what's this? Raggedy Ann. Raggedy Ann. Slutty Raggedy Ann. Uh, adult funny Harley Quinn cosplay. Uh, hot Wonder Woman. Uh, ladies, women's Mexican poncho. Um, and then children clown costumes. And then uh, what else? What else is there, bro? There's Sexy Pirate. There's Poison Ivy. There's Beauty and the Beast. Oh, there's Maverick. Oh, Cookie Monster. Yep. And then um, I can't tell what that is, but it looks like a vampire. Slutty Vampire. Another one. (laughs) Scarlet Overkill. Uh, Fantasia. Whatever. Adult Luxo. Um, Pennywise. Probably Sexy Pennywise. Anyways, just Google that. And... uh, and then one of the things that comes up is girls, girls' costumes. Oh, look at that. Yeah, that's... Look. Come on. <laughs> Garbage. Go after James Gunn, but you won't go after fucking the Halloween costumes. But everybody bitches about the Halloween costumes. Uh, the world. All right, so uh, that's all we got, I think, for this week, right? Yep. All right, so bye.